1: Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
3: Live from downtown San Francisco, this is 95.7 The Game.
4: We got something brewing in Santa Clara, Sterling Bennett. My name is Evan Giddings. Jake's on the board. We got you until 8 o'clock. Double, double overtime here on 95.7 The Game. And the 49ers right now, Sterling, I know that we're going to get into some of the injuries, maybe some of the controversy surrounding some of those injuries, but at the end of the day, 9-4, and four, six wins in a row. You hold the GOAT to seven points, 35 thrown up by Brock Purdy, along with that San Francisco offense. The 49ers are rolling. What's going on, Sterling?
5: They we're going to the Super Bowl, man. <laughs> but Honestly, Last week we talked about how I didn't know what this offense can do with Brock Purdy at the helm. And if this is a story or, or this is what's to come, I don't think there's a drop-off. I I don't think that there is really hesitation in me saying that this team can still and hopefully will next week clinch the division. And I have faith now, again, one game, just one game, that this team may not face the severe drop-off as they I thought they would if Jimmy Garoppolo was out for an elongated period of time. They might be even better with Purdy at quarterback.
4: They're certainly more dynamic. There is certainly more physical traits that you can see that Purdy has. There is some stuff that physically Purdy have that Jimmy Garoppolo does not. Now Jimmy Garoppolo has the experience. We talked about this last week on double overtime that. You kind of had this dual victory but loss. You beat the Dolphins decisively. Arguably one of the greatest wins in the regular season for Kyle Shanahan. But you lose your starting quarterback. And that's where immediately everyone, no matter what you think of Jimmy Garoppolo, there was a sense of the ceiling falling off, right? No matter whether you thought the Niners were a Super Bowl contender, that they should have been the driver's seat for the Super Bowl, that they may or may not have even been in the conversation for the Super Bowl. Whatever that ceiling was for you took a hit when Jimmy Garoppolo left, at least at the time. (laughs) Now, Sterling, (laughs) I'm beginning to drink the Kool-Aid because of what I saw today. And Brock Purdy has, in my mind, reestablished a ceiling for this team. Now, I didn't necessarily believe with Jimmy Garoppolo they could win the Super Bowl, but I'm a lot closer to being where I was before last week than entering this week because of what Brock Purdy did.
5: I sat here with you last week and said, the season's over. I don't have faith in Brock Purdy. I just don't know what he's going to be because there's always comfortability with what you know. And with Jimmy Garoppolo, many of the fans, including myself, may say that a a playoff victory or a a long uh, playoff trip is in the horizon for this team if they can just stay healthy. But coming into this week, watching Brock Purdy do what he did I think most fans would say if they weren't on board after last week, they got one foot on because I think Brock Purdy, and the players said this after the game, they're, they believe that Brock Purdy isn't the seventh round Mr. Relevant. Like Aaron Banks said, he's Mr. Relevant now. Like if you didn't believe in him then, you know now that this kid can actually play in the NFL. Like he looked like a starting caliber quarterback against a top 10 defense in football that had Tom Brady playing opposite of him. Like, How do you not at least have an inch or an ounce of faith in Brock Purdy to win you, whether it's a playoff game or or get you somewhere? Whether it's being 10-4, and four, beating Seattle, and winning the NFC West, whether it's that or a playoff game, I think some people or most people have to have faith in him now.
4: And that's also a big part of this at this point in the season beginning December heading into January you want to be playing your best football and when typically when you lose your starting quarterback you're not going to be playing your best football there has not been enough of a visible drop off I think for myself it sounds like for you for a lot of fans out there to think that this team is any less worse than it was before and in fact even if they do lack some experience at the quarterback position, that Brock Purdy, from what he showed today, we'll get into it from now until 8 o'clock on 95.7 The Game, and if you saw something that you want to chime in on, want to enter the conversation, tell them what you saw from Brock Purdy today, please do. 888-957-9570, also the number for the Xfinity mobile text line. Brock Purdy offers something that Jimmy Garoppolo didn't have. And it feels like, With what he did, and most of it was in the first half, admittedly. 16 of 21, 185, two touchdowns, a rushing touchdown. He got the ball where it needed to go, when it needed to go there. And a Tampa Bay team that was ripe to be beaten. I mean, they did not play very well today. A lot of that, certainly credit to the 49ers. Tom Brady did not look good. looked bad. The running game was absent. The offensive line was terrible, even though they didn't give up a sack. They're a reason for a lot of those errant throws. The defense, missing two starting safeties. They lose Vita Vea middle of the game. They should have been beaten badly today. And the 49ers did it with the guy making his first start of his NFL career. That doesn't happen. And that's why as much as you can say, well, eventually the train's going to come to a stop. Brock Purdy's eventually going to get exposed. Today he wasn't. And that to me is valuable, not just in getting your sixth straight win, but in establishing some sort of confidence from the fan base as well as the team, from what all indications are after the game, to feel like we might be able to have action with this guy. Last
5: week, we talked about that this is a like the quarterback going into the final two months, final month of the season. If that's your biggest question mark, you're likely not going to be either in the dance towards the end of the year or you're likely not going to be at the top of your division. And I think fans, maybe even some players on this team, I do think that that question mark is more of a period now. We have a quarterback. That's what Nick Bosa said in his post-game press conference today. We have a quarterback. It wasn't a, yeah, he's a seventh-round pick, you know, whatever. It was, no, we have a quarterback. And a guy that plays like a starting-caliber quarterback – But I want to ask you this, because to me, Brock Purdy, knowing the circumstances and the context, did he play the best game from the quarterback San Francisco's seen all season long? Was this their best win of the season? Because to me, it might be. Knowing you have, again, a seventh-round pick, Mr. Irrelevant, a guy who, he could have came in this week, and he could have stunk. He could have thrown three picks, and we all would have said, yep, that makes sense. But instead, he did, he did the exact opposite. He played like a first-rounder today. Like, Brock Purdy did not look like a backup quarterback. He looked like a starter. And whether that's on Kyle Shanahan getting him prepared or the team around him, like, Brock Purdy, he's got some cojones. Like, that takes guts to go out there and, and look at Tom Brady in the eye and say, I'm not scared of you. Now, they didn't play offensive defense against each other, but he looked Tom Brady in the eye and said, I'm going to stand here man-to-man and I'm going to take it to you Every play. Make sure that you're down at halftime by 28 points, so you cannot come back in this game.
4: Yeah, and look, Brock Purdy. I, I don't know if I just go as far as to say this was the best game from a San Francisco 49ers quarterback. You can make that argument simply because he didn't really get to play in the second half, right? But right. that's a credit to how good the first half was. To me, that is absolutely the best half that a quarterback has played for the Niners this season. 150 thereabout quarterback rating. 14 of 18 in the first half, 185, all three touchdowns that he scored, two through the air, one on the ground in that first half. By the way, 5 of 5 on throws down the field, air yards, 117 yards, two touchdowns. It wasn't just the fact that he had the pocket presence, that there was an awareness, an innate escapability that we haven't seen and a comp thrown out by the Xfinity Mobile text line, which I saw on social media as well, Sterling, Jeff Garcia. There were sort of moves that he made in the pocket that Jimmy Garoppolo just physically cannot make, and that even Trey Lance, a much better athlete, didn't, at the beginning of this season, appear to be able to have the the wherewithal to make. Those are plays which you can't teach, and it seems like you can only learn by playing. And that's, to me, where Brock Purdy's college experience showed today being able to identify multiple things at the same time, digesting information on the fly, and even before the play, and knowing where the football had to go, having the physical ability to get it there, but also having the composure to even when you face pressure from a Tampa Bay defense that was trying to get after him early, to stand in the pocket and make sure that with the help of a a great running game today, With Debo Samuel until the second quarter, Christian McCaffrey was fantastic, Jordan Mason tacked on in the second half, everything clicked for that offense, and Brock Purdy, even more so than managed the game, took the reins today and made sure that a Tom Brady team that came back from down two scores in under five minutes the week before was going to have no chance of that here today at Levi's Stadium
5: they asked Purdy after the game and they said, was there any fear in you that Tom Brady's might come back or that they like, you're playing Tom Brady, the king of the comeback. How do you feel about that? And he said, it didn't matter what the score was going to be. I knew how, who I was playing against that he can come back at any moment, any time. And again, Purdy, he, he has poise. Like he's unafraid of the moment. Like my concern with Brock Purdy was always going to be physically. It wasn't going to be mentally like, the experience he has the person he is you can tell that this moment was never going to be too big for Brock Purdy it was going to be can you physically keep up with a good Tampa Bay defense can you play equal to or even even close to what Jimmy Garoppolo was doing can you keep this team afloat like i thought that this game was going to be you know 16 to 10 defensive led win but in fact it was the opposite defense was great But I could argue Brock Purdy was as big of a reason as they won today as the defense as well. And I don't think many times this year, while Grappolo was good for a large portion of the year, I don't think you could say that he was the reason they won many of their games. He was good, kept them in games. But that was one of the biggest hits on him. He's not going to win you a game, not going to lose you a game. Brock Purdy, in the first half, won you this game. And that's huge for a team that needs or didn't know who he was going to be this week. For a fan base who said, who are you? Are you going to be a seventh-round pick, backup quarterback? Or are you going to be able to ascend or take us to the top of the NFC? And I do think now that fans are thinking that, we have a chance here. Like, there is reestablished hope and faith that Brock Purdy, what he showed in just, what, seven quarters of play thus far this year? Like, there's something to him
4: that might be special. And hope... Faith, whatever synonym you want to use, is the sibling of winning. (laughs) Like, when you win, you get hope. You have faith. And that is what Brock Purdy has done through his first two games in the NFL, one official start. He has won. And that is why people have hope in him. Because he's played well he has done what Kyle Shanahan evidently has asked of him and i do want to give credit to shanahan because i thought yeah. offensively he called a great game today they didn't miss a beat not at all from the from the jump yeah <laughs> i mean first drive and if we're talking about kyle shanahan you know maybe or maybe not being able to capitalize on red zone opportunities turning seven point chances into three points like they got five touchdowns today yeah i mean every time they had a chance to score They did, and Brock Purdy, especially in the first half, was the catalyst of that. They have scored all season,
5: three times in their first drive. The last time was week five against the Panthers. They put up points quick in this game and scored on their first drive against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They put Tom Brady against the wall, and I can even argue the Buccaneers already came in defeated, knowing that, hey, number one defense in football, yes, we have Tom Brady, the greatest quarterback of all time, but... There, there was this aura around this game where it didn't matter if it was raining or it was sunny outside that this game was going to lean heavy San Francisco. Even when Nick Bosa wasn't playing or, or, or wasn't going to play or questionable for this game, the line didn't move. It was still three and a half, three points. Like, they, like Vegas had faith. We had faith. I think the Bucks knew coming into this game that this was going to be a hard-fought loss for them, but they kind of laid over it and died. Like, there was no fight in them today. And that's due to the defense playing great, hitting them often and early. And also Brock Purdy. I think Brock Purdy shocked not just fans, but I think
4: Brock Purdy shocked this defense. Well, And that's also a part of the 49ers and, and has unfortunately been kind of a, a symptom of their play. Is I, I haven't at all times this year seen them step on an opponent's throat when they've made a mistake. First drive of the game. First play of the game. <laughs> the Tampa Bay Buccaneers send pressure and get Keanu Neal <laughs> goes helmet-to-helmet helmet with Brock Purdy, tries to decapitate him, understandably gets to 15 yards, right. and Brock Purdy gets up and marches right down the field 57 more yards, and it's a score. Didn't and you didn't phase and, him. And I almost forgot about it until later in the game when it was brought up on the telecast <laughs> that the first right. pl- this game began with Brock Purdy getting rocked, yeah. and it didn't phase him at all.
5: But that goes back to his toughness, not physically, but physically and mentally. Like, that could have been kind of a wake-up call for anybody of, like, welcome to the NFL, kid. And he had that moment and said, okay. Brushed it off and said, I'm gonna go score a touchdown. And it's that stuff that, well, like, that's something you see from the veteran quarterback. That's something you see from Jimmy Garoppolo. And that was the question of, can this offense, you know, keep afloat? Me and you talked about how, come playoff time, you have to swim, right? You can't just float all the way down to Philadelphia in the playoffs. But right now, this offense to me has more than enough to swim. Like, they're not floaters. They, no, There's no pool noodles. Like, they're out there swimming, you know, breaststrokes in the ocean right now, feeling pretty damn good about themselves.
4: And I also want to make sure throughout this double overtime show, we're going up until eight o'clock. Evan getting Sterling Bennett, 95 7 the game. Want to hear from you, eight, 8 957 9570. Also, the number for the Xfinity Mobile Text line. I want this post game show to be a place where we can appreciate what we've seen with Brock Purdy yeah. without hopefully denigrating the two quarterbacks that he has followed. Because I know a lot of people have been theorizing that maybe you had the best one at the bottom. And that, I don't believe, is what was seen earlier this year. And to me is what makes, in a way, Purdy's performance so special is there's, there's a reason why people feel hopeful and feel energetic and feel like this game was special, like they witnessed something. Because it doesn't happen. Right. Brock Purdy... Doesn't happen, Mister Irrelevant. Doesn't ha- there's a reason? It's a joke, but there's a reason why he's called Mister Irrelevant.
5: Do you think him beating, or you know, quote unquote, him beating Tom Brady today is makes that win even more special? Like it's like Tom Brady, sixth round pick, wasn't supposed to be the guy. Now you have Brock Purdy, who he watched Garoppolo in hurt, and now he's the guy here, and he beats Tom Brady. It's all coming together. It's
4: full circle. Does that matter to you at all? Honestly, no. Okay. I mean, I I guess if you're reading into it, yes. You know, Tom Brady's. Return to Santa Clara. Right. Uh, to me, maybe the the more kind of jarring underlying storyline was the fact that a lot of people, after even Jim, even before Jimmy Garoppolo had gone down, had been throwing out Tom Brady as a name that could potentially be yep. taking over as quarterback in San Francisco <laughs> next year. And now, I think, even though to me that's still technically on the table, sure, a lot of people would tell you, "Kick rocks, Tom. We don't want you." Brock Purdy
5: looked. 10 times better than Tom Brady today. Now, not all time, obviously. His team is also
4: 10 times better than Tom Brady. Sure, did.
5: but Brock Purdy in one half looked better than Tom Brady did the entire game. He did more with 21 passes than Tom Brady did with 55. And I don't think... Again, Tom's, what, 42 years old? He's won plenty of championships, like seven Super Bowls. He's the greatest quarterback of all time. But right now... I do think there's a portion of the fans saying we might have our own Tom Brady. That's that's a little early to say, but
4: I do think fans are leaning that direction. And if Tom Brady is is just another way of saying you got some magic going, Maybe then I'm with you. Like again, that is it. They kept panning to Brock Purdy's family in the stands, and understandably so, they're enjoying. His dad was crying. He so was touching he was tears of joy. Yeah, and to me. It, Like I just got the sense that it obviously comes from the place of your senior kid do what he loves and is succeeding and is having the time of his life, but also because i got to imagine there's a portion of him that is in disbelief. Like, oh my God, my son, who I probably wasn't expecting to see the field this year at all except for garbage duty, is now the starting quarterback of a franchise that is on the verge of clinching a division title next week. This is, inc- like, this is an incredible story. And for the 49ers who have been so unlucky with injuries. In this game? In this game, especially. With Debo Samuel going down, we'll get into maybe some of the outside factors as well as what the impact will be. Fortunately, it's not as bad as we feared. But at the same time that they've been unlucky, they have also been supremely lucky with the play that they have gotten from from their quarterbacks now that are on their third string like this is unbelievable (laughs) and and it's gonna sound dumb but sterling you could also make a case in small sample size of brock Purdy, right that each time a quarterback has gotten (laughs) hurt the 49ers have gotten better
5: like that has never (laughs) happened before if you would have told any fan coming into this season trey lance gonna miss the whole year and you might be better jimmy Mm. garoppolo seems like three months, going to be out, never going to play again, yeah. and you might get better. Now, again, again, one game, seven quarters, could mean nothing come Thursday night. But the fan base is looking for something to believe in, and Brock Purdy's Mr. Irrelevant almost wasn't drafted, almost didn't make the team, beat up the guy that had a guaranteed contract, yeah. and was a third quarterback on this roster. Like, how do fans not, not buy into that? Like, that... That may make fans think again, like you said, magic. That this is the team of destiny, or this is the quarterback where it has to hit. Like this makes it's all lining up. It has to hit here, whether it's like Jimmy's gone, Trey's gone for the year. Brock Purdy has to be the guy for this thing to happen. It can't be Josh Johnson. It might be. (laughs) Who knows the way this year is going? It might be Josh Johnson.
4: Look, look look very nice (laughs) handing the ball off at the end of the game. One for
5: two, ten yards, no big deal. But I think fans can feel that. When the bow breaks, this team continues to get better and better and better. And at some point, that bow's got to be sturdy. Why not be purdy? Oh, I'm boy. sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry.
4: No, I'm sorry. We, we made it about 20 minutes without <laughs> without a pun. Uh, I, I know that, look, he he himself almost made one of the post because yeah. <laughs> So technically, Brock Purdy was on the injury report. We'll right. get into all the rest of the guys that got hurt outside of Debo Samuel. But Brock Purdy exited the game with an oblique injury. Appears by all means to be fine. But Nick Wagner of ESPN was talking to master after the game. And the last part of the quote about his oblique injury, in which he kind of said, look, y'all took some hits. I'm going to be all right. I'll be ready to rock and roll. He'll be ready to Brock and roll. Dude. And that's kind of where I want to uh, end those puns here tonight. Oh. I do want to get to a call, though, before the break. We want to get people involved here. 888 957 What did you see from Brock Purdy tonight? I'm going to go to that guy in SF. Was kind enough to join us last week. Sterling is on with us here on 95.7 The Game. On with Evan Giddings and Sterling Bennett. That guy, what is going on? How are you doing, man?
6: Did you hear? I said, can you smell what the Brock is cooking? <laughs> I want a Brock in row all night. Can't avoid the puns. So... No. <laughs> hey, so I called you guys last week. I don't know if you remember, and uh, we were crushed. My girlfriend and I, she's the big Niners fan. You remember me calling last week? I was crying, too. Yeah, definitely. Uh but so for, Brock's hey, dad. You guys take my oh. call, and being on the double overtime here, uh, we were at the game today, and you know what it was? The The general feeling going into it was like, hey, this is a two, $200,000 uh, Lamborghini on auto drive, and we just need Brock to come in here and make the right turns here and there and not go down the wrong street and just keep this thing, you know, guiding into the, the, the playoffs. So what made it really easy is five plays into it, scoring a touchdown. Now being there in the crowd, it was unbelievable. It was like, what? What is going on here? Just like you guys were saying earlier, that Brock came in and did this. And, and I think that helped the kid. Right away you got seven points on the GOAT. And let's just get this thing in cruise control. You don't have to do too much. You make the right plays here and there. You get a good running play, a good block. And here we go. Next thing you know, we're up 21 So, And I think that's the general feeling going into it. And by the end of the game, we were all cheering uh, for Purdy, Purdy, Purdy. But one of the biggest concerns that I got uh, for you guys is um, having Devo hurt. Not so much, you know, his five or six touches a game. But not having him on the field is kind of like not having, you know, Curry or or Clay on the court. It takes away the focus uh, of two or three guys on him and puts it primarily on Iuk and CMC going forward. So I'd like to get your guys' take on that. I appreciate everything you guys do and uh, keep rocking. Thank you. Keep rocking.
4: Appreciate it, (laughs) guys. Yeah, keep on rocking. There we go. No, I mean, that's, look, that is. That is the feeling that is coming from 49ers fans right now. Is not only is the season not over, it feels like it's just taken a slight turn. And some might say for the worse, some might say for the better. But the beauty of it all is we don't know. And right now, the Niners are in the driver's seat with Seattle losing at home to Carolina today. Setting up a matchup on Thursday where the 49ers have won six in a row. They have two games up on the Seahawks in the division. Man. They have one game uh, one game behind the Minnesota Vikings for the Oof. second seed of the NFC. And whereas the season last week felt like it was collapsing, now this week, to a lot of people, I bet it feels like it's just starting. Right.
5: It feels like this Niners team, whether gotten better or whatever you want to say, it feels like that. Despite what happened last week in Garoppolo going down, many fans sitting there saying, including myself, saying, look, this may not end well. Like, this could be the end of the season. I can see you won and done in the playoffs. Right now, the feeling is that this team could potentially go into Philadelphia. And whether win or lose, put up a fight. And I think this team, if you get them in, sorry pun, but a Brock fight, that you will be able to hopefully or have a chance to come out on top because Brock Purdy can now, from what we've seen seven quarters, keep you in a game. And I think the concern was he'd be the reason you lose many of these games down the stretch and still can be. But right now, seven quarters, two wins, and Brock Purdy's got us feeling pretty good.
4: He does. And we'll talk about some of the things that, you know, maybe we'd like to see more of from Brock, as well as the things that we'd love to see more of from Brock Purdy. But what did you see today as a fan, as a listener? 888 The 49ers beat the Buccaneers. They're sixth win in a row, dominating the GOAT at home, 35 7. It's Evan Giddings and Sterling Bennett. We're back after these commercial breaks. You're listening to 95 7 The Game's double overtime here on 95 7 The Game.
8: McCaffrey for six.
5: I mean, this is just an offense that's firing absolutely on all cylinders. Now
3: back to 95-7, the game.
4: That was Christian McCaffrey's 38-yard touchdown run called on Fox by Kevin Burkhardt, Greg Olson there. That was the, ac- the exclamation point to a game. Last touchdown, last score. Christian McCaffrey had two touchdowns today, one on the ground, one through the air. It was simply put a blowout. The 49ers put it on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Tom Brady, 35-7 the final. This is double overtime here on 95-7, the game with Evan Giddings and Sterling Bennett. We do want to hear from you about Brock Purdy, about that number one defense, about a running game that is looking good about Debo Samuel, who went down in the second quarter with apparently what is looking to be, quote-unquote, most likely a high ankle sprain, according to Kyle Shanahan. I do want to go there first, Sterling. Before we get back to Brock and all the praise that deserves to be coming his way, what was your reaction when you saw Debo not only go down, but then apparently try and get back up, go back down, and then was carted off the field?
5: It was, is this really happening again? Like, my mind went to last week of, like, we're losing another starter on this offense that you presumably need to go deep in the playoffs. Now, maybe Purdy can fill Garoppolo's shoes, maybe even outplay them, but for Debo Samuel, there is nobody in the NFL like Debo Samuel. Now, I know his year hasn't been what it was last year, but there is no player that is utilized quite like him in the running game, in the passing game, what he can do on a screen pass, behind the line of scrimmage, and run... 70 yards for a touchdown nobody else can do that and to potentially lose that for an elongated period of time now hopefully he's back for the playoffs looks like he might be if all goes well but to lose a player like that that can essentially make the defense not just circle him but when you have him and McCaffrey and Kittle you can't guard all those people And having him on the field is kind of like a safety net for Purdy. Now, I think Purdy outplayed what many people thought he was going to do today, especially myself, but having that person where if you just need two, three yards on a screen pass, he can get that for you, or can take a hit and fight off seven guys and go for a first down, like not having that ferociousness, physical style of offensive player on the field week in, week out, not having that, that's huge for the mentality of an offense that needs that bruiser, that... Right now, might be, I don't want to say mentally fragile, but they've taken some hits with injuries. And for a team that came into this game, maybe not really, or not knowing what the quarterback was going to give them, losing your star offensive player in return, like that, that can shake and rattle a team. And they didn't miss a beat. But Nick Bosa said in the postgame presser, like losing a player like that, that can change the way your offense is schemed how plays are called. And I do wonder what Kyle Shanahan does next week if Debo Samuel can't play.
4: Well, especially because you can make the argument that Debo Samuel set the tone for this game in that first drive. Now, I want to give a lot of credit to Brock Purdy, who, as we talked about right from the get-go, established how tough he was taking an unnecessary roughness penalty. But Debo caps off that opening drive with a 13-yard touchdown rush. And to me, up until he got hurt in the second quarter was physically dominant. I mean, he was imposing. And he he is one of the reasons why I love watching the 49ers play football is because he embodies a lot of what they do offensively. I do think that his absence will sorely be missed, especially this Thursday in a big divisional game against Seattle. But that's why I also come back to the dual-edged sword of the injuries for the 49ers because, yes, last week you lost your starting quarterback. But apparently, at the same time, you also found another starting quarterback. <laughs> right. Debo Samuel goes down and gets carted off the field. He's crying tears. People are, you know, just sending him to his love. And it's... I thought season was over with. Me too. But apparently, fortunately, it seems like it's going to be a high ankle sprain, which the 49 have also dealt with this year. Trent Williams had a high ankle sprain against Denver. He was back for the Chiefs game a few weeks later. So optimistically, Debo Samuel would be ready for the playoffs, if not back before the end of the regular season. And if you can win this game this Thursday and clinch the division, then you might even be able to load-manage the rest of the regular season and give yourself a chance to get healthy. So, Debo Samuel going down certainly sucked in the moment, but I am elated to know that it was not as bad as presumed.
5: Well, I can even argue that if you win on Thursday against Seattle, what are you, three games up in the division? And you have a two-game... No, if you
4: win on Thursday, you win the division. Right, right.
5: Yeah. So, my point is is that your season is essentially clinched. And at that point you're fighting for the third and second seed and fourth seed and stuff. Like, that doesn't matter to me, really, because you're guaranteed a home game at that point. And and if you're the fourth and third seed, you're likely playing a road game in the second round anyway. So who, who cares? At that point, Debo, don't even play the rest of the year. If you're not healthy or you might be able to play, just don't play. There's no reason for you to risk getting hurt. Heck, if it's Week 18 and the season's over with, just start Josh Johnson. Like, I don't want anybody getting hurt with the way the the injuries has happened this year like no one else whether it's McCaffrey or Iuke I don't want to risk anybody else
4: yeah no absolutely like this this team at 100% is it as close as can be uh appears to be as dangerous as they were before And, and that's to me what what today cemented as far as I'm concerned I thought the 49ers were a top three team in the NFC whatever order you want to put them in is up to you after the Jimmy Garoppolo injury I was hesitant putting them in the top three yeah With what Brock Purdy has shown against the Miami Dolphins, which I would identify as the 49ers' best regular season win of the season, and now against Tom Brady and the Buccaneers, which might be their second best regular season win of the season, all with the same guy at quarterback, they're back in the top three for me. I would do want to hear from the fans, though, what they think the 49ers are, what they can be, especially with this young and impressive Brock Purdy under center. Let's head out to San Francisco and talk to Adam, who... was, (laughs) was, <laughs> understandably so, impressed with what he saw from now QB1 for the San Francisco 49ers. What's up, Adam? You're on with Evan Giddings and Sterling Bennett here on 95.7 The Game.
9: Thanks, guys. I think this is one of the first times I've talked to you. I call in a lot, and I uh, appreciate you having me on. Um, of course. I'm just in awe of what this kid is doing. Like, Mr. Irrelevant, you know, yeah, he played a lot of call. Co- he played 47 college starts, whatever, but it's like his – Boys is is just is 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 incredible honestly but I I think what's amazing and the big highlight play of the game for me was that rollout he had where he kind of stunned and like did a step back move the defender went by him he fired it to Debo Jimmy Garoppolo is taking a 10 yard sack and probably getting hurt on a play like that and just the way he's able to get mobile in the pocket yeah I think he took maybe one or two sacks today but it weren't bad sacks like his Mobility and is is just everything and like the couple of touchdown throws he had, he got lit up on those throws, but he got back up, you know whatever. But you know, you know, thank God, it's just that the Devo news like that is like that's the blessing of the day. But that's why you go out and you get someone like Christian McCaffrey, and I've been calling in for weeks into the morning show. Uh, this little dual head uh, monster of McCaffrey and Mason, where you you know we get up and we don't really need. You know McCaffrey, you know as much anymore. Mason has been this great runner to just salt games away. Like he had another fifty-six yards on eleven carries. Like he's averaging almost four or five yards a carry. He's like that physical bruiser we need. So I, this uh, obviously Thursday is huge, and I think the oblique injury, I think he's going to be okay. But uh, I just I'm curious what you think of this guy that literally has now two starts, but he's he seems to be that guy.
4: They need him to be that guy this season. I mean, that's that's really what it comes down to, and that's why Sterling and I last weekend were, were so fearful for, for the 49ers in this season. is because generally when you lose one starting quarterback, your season's over. And especially if you lose two starting quarterbacks, we haven't seen that before. It's like, how many
5: times can your season be saved before it's over with?
4: The 49ers are trying <laughs> to rewrite that record book.
5: Right, it's three times.
4: Three times. It's
5: like, come on, but... I do want to ask you, Evan, because to me, when I watch Brock Purdy play, yes, he does so many great things on the field. The the pocket manipulation is there. The way he uses his eyes is there. Like That's stuff that veteran quarterbacks can do. But to me, and it's such an irrelevant, no pun intended again, stat, or, or, or thing that I can physically see from him, but it's the way that he carries himself. That there is this kind of oozing confidence from him where, like when he scores a touchdown, he's down there, he's with the offensive lineman, with Debo, with McCaffrey, and he's out there screaming and yelling, pounding his chest, saying, like, I'm here. I am Mr. Relevant now. Like, I am the quarterback of this team. You're going to deal with it, and you're going to like it. And I do think that the confidence he carries can kind of, if there was a question mark of who Brock Purdy was and what can he do, I do think that, again, in only seven quarters, the way he carries himself, the way he, the passion he plays with. Like Nick Bosa said that even on PATs, Brock Purdy would stay on the sideline and congratulate the special teams unit. Like that's passion of every point matters. Your job, even if it seems irrelevant to me or you or the listeners, that, that one point, the blocking of you know, uh, the defense matters to me. And I want to make sure everybody feels involved. Like to me, that's contagious. And I do think fans latch on to that kind of stuff.
4: I think it's interesting you bring that up because to me, that says something about Brock Purdy, which is, although I understand what my role is now and what the team needs Brock Purdy to be, he also understands what his role was, which is the guy that is congratulating people coming off the field because he's the third-string quarterback. And he has always been, from accounts a team guy. Mm-hmm. He's been uplifting, but he's done it from the shadows. Now he's doing it from the limelight, but he's still the same guy. And so, I like the fact that there doesn't appear to be a difference right. in his mannerisms. Right, And what has he been? Consistent with his play. We'll see. Look, Seattle is going to be a raucous environment on Thursday. Be I fun. think it's going to be a great test. It's going to be a fun game, and a game that I hope the Niners can win and cement their division crown this year. But Brock Purdy... The other thing to me that I've seen Sterling is just the ways that he can beat you on a play. Mm. And we talked about some of the, you know, the awareness in the pocket that he showed. That guy just brought up a play that I, I thought to me was indicative of, you know, he can make something out of nothing, which was being able to evade a free edge rusher, kind of sling it from his side to Debo Samuel, weave it through a couple of defenders and let Debo do the rest. But in this game today, he threw two touchdown passes that traveled air yards, more than 20 yards down the field. Yeah. Jimmy Garoppolo don't has only done that once this oh. season. And Christian McCaffrey's also done it once this right. season. you rubbing it in now. But. No, and and again, I said this, I'm not trying <laughs> right. to denigrate the other right. quarterbacks for the but San Francisco it's, but it's a 49ers. But that, that happened and Go ahead, go ahead. He's been more dynamic. Yep. There's been different ways that he has shown that he can either extend a play, uh, get rid of the ball when he needs to. Now, he was bailed out once, maybe yes. twice, Yes, by a holding call that should have been an interception. But then the next play, he turns it into a 30, <laughs> 32-yard touchdown to Iuk, so you completely forget about the mistake. And that's another part of it, too. There appears to be this—it's it, it, something you see from all athletes, but especially good ones— There's a next play mentality that if I made a mistake or if I made a crazy play, the next one is going to be the most important. And that, to me, is what I've been most impressed with about Brock Purdy because along with the composure, the consistency, to me, he's always looking ahead as much as understanding what he did.
5: Well, I think, and you kind of brought it up, where it was like good athletes can look at a mistake and say, okay, how do I learn from that? How do I never do it again? But I know that even if I make a mistake... There's many more plays to come, and I can bounce back from that. And one of the big things that Garoppolo was known for was he throws a pick, bounces back, gets you a touchdown, gets back in the game. And for Purdy, while we haven't seen much of him, seven quarters again, I do think that there is this mentality of, even if I make a mistake, one, my defense is so good, they can bail me out, but two, I have nothing to lose, and I have... This innate confidence in myself where I can make any throw, even if my body may say otherwise, I do think that with him it was okay, I threw a pick, whatever. I'm like many quarterbacks that are young, rookies, seventh round picks, really have you know no experience in the NFL. If they throw that pick, sometimes they go into their shell, they hand the ball off four or five times and the drive and they kind of get rattled. Not Brock Purdy. He goes, give me a chance to throw it deep 35 yards for a touchdown. And what does he do? He hits it. Like, there is like there's something about Brock Purdy that I do think hasn't been there, even with Garoppolo and Lance. Like, I like both those guys. I respect both those guys. I have rooted for both of those guys. But I do think Brock Purdy just has this unquantifiable it factor that those guys don't. And I think that's what separates him in just seven quarters of play – from those two players where just, even if he makes a mistake, he's one play away from getting you back in the game or getting you an exciting touchdown play.
4: Yeah, we'll see. Look, he hasn't played from behind. <laughs> right, well, I guess true. at the beginning when he came into Miami, it sure. was 7-3, to three, but from the time he's scored, like he's he's had the ball and the lead. But these are big moments. It's Dolphins,
5: one of the top teams in the AFC. It's
4: Tom Brady. Like Those are young, things a young quarterback might say are too big for me. Yeah. Not, but not Brock Purdy. And that's why I'm excited for next week, because next week will be the first time he goes on the road. And he won't have the home crowd behind him when things do get tough. Now, things haven't looked tough so far. But to me, look, Brock Purdy had a 92-8 QBR today. That was the best QBR of any quarterback that has played so far. Now there's still a game on Monday night and a game on Sunday night. Sure. Best quarterback, statistically, that played today was Brock Purdy. That's what I thought of him today. We shall see down the stretch. Sophomore Pacifico wants to talk about how Brock Purdy is better than we say. Ooh. I don't know about you, Sterling. I hold him in pretty high regard right now. He's so a goat. I'm... <laughs> he <laughs> beat the goat, he today. Beat the goat. <laughs> Sophomore, what's going on? You're on 95-7 the game.
7: Hey, you guys. It's, it's easy to get too excited in most cases. I get it. But, you know, we're talking about Can he be as good as Jimmy Garoppolo? Um, Watching him move around in the pocket and take some really bad hits. And as you said, get back up and go out and throw that long pass, you know, longer than Jimmy usually looks. Uh, It's pretty exciting. You can see the Disney movie, you know, Uh, Mr. What is it? It's not irreplaceable. Irrelevant. Irrelevant, right. Mr. Irrelevant, they don't even have to film the movie. They just have to take clips of his dad crying in the stands. The final thing I'll say is his confidence isn't just his. It comes from him working out with the 49ers and learning to face one of the best or the best defense in the NFL and the feedback he's been getting from people in the team saying, this guy's really good. So it's a team thing, and it's not just him, the other players on the team share that. I, I saw him starting to look for, like, where's the first yard marker and things like that, not is this path going to get to me? Oh, hell. You know? Uh, there's just a little more edge in some of the play. They're a very good team in most ways anyway, but I thought I saw a little more from them today, so I, I think we can move, you know, start the notch above Garoppolo and then mm-hmm. get optimistic
4: from there. Thanks, guys. Appreciate that, sophomore. I want to throw this to you because you, you are the Jimmy Garoppolo fan. You Look, I, I almost don't...
5: wore the shirt today too. <laughs> Got the long sleeve shirt just sitting in my room. My girlfriend bought it for me. I was gonna wear it, and I said, "You know what? I'll hold off one more
4: week." Well, but but I don't want to say. Look, Brock Purdy is is yeah, sure. His first half was maybe better than any half that yeah. Jimmy Garoppolo has played this year. But but to me, I, I'm curious what you think, Sterling. To me, they're two completely different quarterbacks. Ah, uh, I don't know if I would
5: go completely different because the offenses are very similar. I just when it comes to Brock Purdy, I do think they're. And we saw it from Garoppolo more so this year. There is the willingness to throw a deep. There's a willingness to maybe take a shot downfield, or and I do think we have seen Garoppolo fight for extra yards, go for a first down, for a scramble. Like we've seen that stuff from Garoppolo to get a first down, put his hand up and go first down. Like we've seen that stuff plenty of times. But I do think with Purdy, he instantly came in a game last week and said. I'm going to do everything I'm asked to do and more. I could argue he's he's been more willing to take a risk than Jimmy Garoppolo. That I don't even think Jimmy Garoppolo attempts that throw to Brandon Ayuk. That's a play where Garoppolo just goes, where's my check down? Give me a first down and keep moving. Or he, even the play to Tyler Croft in the back of the end zone. He has George Kittle wide open running to his right for a first down. What does Brock Purdy do? Now, he almost throws a pick, and you're like, don't, don't do that. But he gets a P.I. and gets you to the one-yard line. I don't think Grappolo makes that throw. What does he do? He gets you to first down, live to fight another day. Purdy says, no, no, I'm going to seize the day. Give me that touchdown. I'll take that risk, and I do think that's what separates them.
4: And that's, that's to me, part of why they're different. I think that vaticism certainly differentiates between the two. But, of course, they are in the same system. Um, they're going to be running similarly-looking plays Jimmy Gar- and this is another part of this too. Jimmy Garoppolo also off the bench, impromptu in a game this year, yeah. stepped in and looked very good week two against the Seattle Seahawks. But the difference was the next week, he played maybe the worst game of right. his career. <laughs> right. Brock Purdy, this is the first week, at, you know, whatever you want to make of it, teams yeah. have had a chance to prep for him and get set and they know he's playing. And not only did he skip a beat, but he looked better this week than he did last week.
5: And that was our fear of when teams or opposing teams get tape on him, what is it going to look like? When the, the the rookie comes in I'm in baseball, they get two months of you know amazing play 8 and 415 home runs or whatever it is. Then the pitchers get a scouting report. What is he going to look like? Well, they got that report, they got that film, and he looked better. I don't—like, that is—like, that surprises me. Because if, if you would have told me that after the Dolphins win, Brock Purdy comes into this game, and just in one half—not a full game of play—in one half— Outplays what he showed us against the Dolphins, against the worst worst defense. I wouldn't have believed you, but this year has been that way. I wouldn't have believed you if Trey Lance got hurt and out for the year, and Garoppolo was back. I wouldn't have believed you if Garoppolo got hurt and Purdy came in and played better. But it's happened that way.
4: Yeah, right now the the Niners appear to be leveling up. Uh, we're going to keep the conversation rolling on 95.7 The Game. Let's head out to Phoenix, Arizona, where Laurie has been patiently waiting by. Wants to talk about how the Niners are built to win. Well, they certainly have won the last two weeks. They've won the last six weeks, no matter who's been quarterback. Uh, what did you see from Purdy today, Laurie? How are you doing? You're on 95.7 The Game.
2: Hey guys, I'm doing good. Um, Sterling, I just wanted to give you a quick shout out too. You called hey. the Seattle loss and the Niners win. Just I did speak on Twitter. Keep that up. Thanks. That positivity. We, I love it. So. Um, he's so yeah, I just you know Very. part of what I've been what I think that we're seeing is you know when 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 we thought we were going into this year with Trey as opposed to Jimmy, you know everybody kept saying oh well the Niners don't ask the quarterback to do that much yada yada yada. I think what we're seeing with Brock, I mean he's been watching it for 13 weeks different than, or 12 weeks, or however many, you know, he's he's been watching the team and their struggles and the adversity, whereas Trey tried to come in week one. So, you know, he's seen some of the mistakes and some of the things that you don't want to do, which I think, obviously, he's been very observant. And this team is, he's just got, I mean, with Christian McCaffrey, especially there, I watched what Christian did for Jimmy, and now I'm seeing it for Purdy. He's willing to listen, and he's willing to watch, and he's willing to take cues from the rest of the players. Obviously, you've got a great coaching staff. I'm glad to see that Kyle is not trying to be overly conservative. Um, he's going to kind of let him let it go a little bit, which I think is a good thing. And I just think that this team, they've been through so much adversity. I mean, how many injuries did we have last year? How many times do you go, oh, this guy's down? Probably not going to. I mean, even when Debo went down tonight, it's like, oh, here we go again. But these guys just fight through it. They know what they got to do. They know what their jobs are. They've, a lot of them have played together for many years. And they just want to win football games, and I think that's what we're seeing. And, I mean, yeah, it's got to be week-to-week still, but, I mean, I'm very impressed so far with what I've seen from Purdy. just the fact that, I mean, they dominated tonight against Tampa Bay. I mean, you don't just do that. That doesn't just happen. That's not a fluke. Um, The things that we're seeing, the number of people that are scoring and getting open. So defense, obviously, is still phenomenal. So, um, yeah, I mean, Thursday night's going to be another test for them, but I still don't think Seattle is all of what – you know, what people say they are. I think they're, they've got some weaknesses there. So I expect us to win on Thursday and, you know, take one week at a time and see where it goes.
4: Appreciate that, Lori. Like that, I think that's where everyone is at. And this is where I hope that everyone is at. It's a roller coaster ride, mm-hmm. but you got to get on, you got to lock in and you got to be okay with all the ups and downs, twists and turns through the tunnels until you come to a skidding stop at wherever that is. That is the roller coaster ride we're on with the 49ers right now.
5: She said week by week, and I think that's where it's at with me, this team, and Brock Purdy. Yes, you've had two really good games. Games that mean you can discuss and maybe disagree and also agree that this may have been the best half of quarterback play we've seen all year. But this week and last week do not matter against Seattle. Now it helps that they've been one of the worst defenses in football since week 10 that they're kind of starting to crumble a little bit, fall apart. But let's be honest here. That's Pete Carroll, a Seattle defense in Seattle. They are going to be prepared for this team. Take out Debo Samuel. We'll see where things go. But I do think what Lori was saying was that this team right now is playing, not out of desperation, but out of kind of out of a mentality of, we just want to win. We don't care who's playing quarterback, who's playing defensive line. Three guys got hurt tonight on the interior defensive line. They don't care who's playing. All these guys have been through, or most of them have been through, playoff loss after playoff loss. They've been to the mountaintop and fell off and couldn't get it done. These guys are been paid big money contracts, are veteran players who are on the end of their careers that haven't got a ring yet. These guys just want to win and do not care who is leading them to victory? And if it has to be Brock Purdy, so be it. And if it is, guess what? Then everybody's happy. Whether you're a Trey fan or a Jimmy Garoppolo fan, or you're or you're rocking or, or you're rocking with Purdy, whatever your pun may be, this team just wants to win, no matter who's playing quarterback, and the fan base does as well. And that's why I do think that whether there's their sides, it's it's like Twilight. Your team Edward, your team Jacob, team Trey, team Jimmy. <laughs> there's someone in the middle called Brock Purdy. And that's called a team victory root for that guy
4: yeah no and look it all looks good when the team is winning when the team is clicking and they have been clicking since the kansas city game like the last six games in the regular season they have been clicking and they have all been playing complementary football all three phases have been fantastic but where does it go from here? What do you, what did you see from Brock Purdy today? Where do you think this thing can go? Where do you think the 49ers can raise their ceiling to? Do you see them as the second best team in the NFC? Do you see them as the best team in the NFC? We're going to take a look around the rest of the NFL. Where the 49ers performance today stacked up, where their projection stands up, where their trajectory stands up. Evan Giddings along with Sterling Bennett, we want to hear from you 888-957-9570. We're back after this on 957 the game.
6: to throw pressure coming steps away looking to
4: run and he walks it in for the touchdown
3: now back to 95 7 the game
4: kevin burkhardt kevin burkhardt on the call you got me all messed up jake jake on the puns he's on the ones ones and twos rock and roll all night brock and Pretty roll every day all afternoon <laughs> i mean even uh even a wet culmination at levi's stadium couldn't dampen the party that all was right. the 49ers you can today. relax I'm just trying to join in <laughs> join on all the, the... Join the Purdy, man! <laughs> join the Purdy, man. <laughs> uh, Evan getting Sterling Bennett with you up until 8 o'clock here on 95.7 The Game. This is double overtime. We are reveling in Brock Purdy's performance today against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They beat Tom Brady decisively, 35-7. to Sets up a matchup this Thursday with the Seattle Seahawks. That is for the NFC Western Division. As far as the 49ers concern. Seattle lost today against the Panthers. Sterling called it. Props to you. They are two games back at the 49ers. 49ers are also a game back at the second seed with the Vikings losing today on the road to the Detroit Lions. Spicy. But we want to get back to the calls. We want to get back to the people, and Robin and SF has been holding on through the break. We appreciate you as always. 888-957-9570 is the number for also the Xfinity mobile text line. But Robin, how are you doing after the sixth straight win for the 49ers?
8: Oh, well, it
0: was a great win today. It was a great sports weekend for the Bay Area. I do want to say this, that it really annoys me when our fan base and people are prisoners of the moment. I am actually rooting for this kid because I think people like to root for the underdog. And, you know, I'm enjoying his Cinderella moment. Uh, is what i always refer to it and my son calls it the C- Cinderella moment and i really just hate when we have to uh put another quarterback down because of an other quarterback who's only played two games uh and who is you know seven years younger and let's face it you know the bucks that team sucks. If you've been watching the Bucks this year, they have not been very good. That division is not very good. So, you know, I want to see a little bit more from Purdy, but I'm rooting for him because he's the underdog. And you know what, Sterling, I disagree with you. Mm. I do think that it matters who is behind mm. as a quarterback. But this is all they have left. So this is what you have, then this is what you, you do. But I just, you know... You know what? I just want to see when this kid loses. What people are going and he has a bad game, boy. The hypocrisy is going to be so thick. That's what I can't stand about our fan base. Peace out, you guys.
4: Thanks, Robin. I'm not so sure about that because, again, when the expectation is zero, or at least for me, I don't know about some fans, but I didn't expect anything from Brock Purdy. So, if and when he eventually struggles. Like, I, I'm not going to kill him for that because that's what you kind of expect, not only from a, a rookie but also a seventh round pick. And Brock Purdy, like that is why people I, I believe are so excited. Yeah, is because you expect him to fail, and not only has he not failed, but so far he has thrived in the 49ers' machine.
5: Well, that's what kind of got Trey Lance or the fans. I don't want to say turned on Trey Lance, but as soon as he lost in Chicago, it was okay. You aren't you aren't the guy. You aren't a a third overall pick we traded three first-round draft picks for. And fans have the expectation, and sometimes to their own fault, right? Like, fans are calling Brock Purdy Brady 2.0 and and doing all these nicknames where it's fun to live in the moment. And I do get Robin's point of as soon as Brock Purdy has a bad game because sometimes, not all fans, but some fans that are maybe putting the expectation, like, there have been some people that have called him better than Jimmy Garoppolo and Trey Lance the whole year. And I do think that that's setting yourself up for failure, just like it was calling Trey Lance Josh Allen, or saying he was going to win the MVP, like Lewis Riddick, who I love on ESPN, put Trey Lance in the Dark Horse MVP category. And I just don't think for any player that's, especially a rookie, you can't do that to a young player. Because when they fail, when they fall, which they eventually do and will because they're rookies, that. Some people may turn on that kid saying, you told me, you sold me, he was going to be this lofty expectation. And when they're not, then they get angry, they get upset, they start booing him. Now, for Purdy, much different than Trey Lance. Now it's, we have found money, right? That's kind of what it is. Like We have this quarterback where we have no expectations. And if he fails, okay, he fails. But there are certain fans that are saying he's better than Jimmy Garoppolo and Trey Lance and are kind of putting him in a category they shouldn't just yet.
4: I do think there is an interesting way that we approach Brock Purdy and his performance. Like, for example, today, if Jimmy Garoppolo had the same stat line or made the same phantom mistake that Brock Purdy did specifically... The Saints game. The Saints game, exactly. We have a different discourse around Jimmy Garoppolo... Mm -hmm. Because there's more of a sample size to choose from to, to indicate that those throws are more of the norm than not, We still don't know if those are normal decisions that Brock Purdy is making, because also the next play, he makes you forget about it. <laughs> right. So I think there's a little bit of that to it as well. My bigger question is, okay, so I also want to debunk this idea that people saw this coming.
5: No, no one saw it coming. I'm sorry. Not a single I, I cannot
4: believe that you... I Look, preseason, mm-hmm. sure, maybe he looked good. Training look camp, like he looked fine. You're playing with third stringers. You're playing against maybe some first stringers that are playing towards the tail end of games. You might be practicing against the number one defense all week and all of these weeks preceding this one. But I'm sorry. There's not a precedent for this. I cannot believe that someone immediately felt, hey, Brock Purdy's going to jump in and be this dude immediately, and you fully believe that because there's nothing to dictate data-wise that that's true.
5: 90% of the fan base had no idea who he was when they drafted him, and that's no one's fault. I wouldn't blame you. Yeah, I, like, that's he was, totally understandable. he was the name. He was like, oh, it's Brock Purdy. Who's that? He's Mr. Irrelevant for a reason. There's a reason that pick has that moniker. There's a reason that position in the draft The most successful player is a kicker. Nobody else. It's a kicker. Like, this from Brock Purdy, just in seven quarters, I guess, seven and a half quarters, is so unpredictable, and that's why it's so fun to be a part of this as a fan base of, like, this is insane what's happening, but I don't care who you are. Whether you're a scout, whether you're an Iowa State Cyclones fan, you did not see this coming, but by all means, jump on the bandwagon. Like, we'll accept you here.
4: This is fun. Brock Purdy looks good. And let's enjoy this while we can. Yeah, look, it's been a lot of fun these last seven and a half quarters. I expect it to continue to be fun. It may have some downs, Mm -hmm. but it looks like apparently Brock Purdy's got a lot more good in him left. And I certainly hope that he does because he has injected this, you know, whether it be, you know, romantic idea of what the quarterback position can be in San Francisco, what the ceiling of this team is. Like, there is hope in the Bay now, which there wasn't as much of last week. I'm excited because of that. Now, the one thing there is a precedent for, which to me is the more interesting conversation is the system that Brock Purdy plays in that has evidently made it so easy for him to slide in and succeed. I do want to give him credit for being prepared and everything that we've talked about characteristically that he already innately has. But Kyle Shanahan, to me, whether it be luck, whether it be unluck, <laughs> like this is, to me, a, a part of like the crowning achievements on his list. Yeah. Now, he has playoff wins... He has gotten to a Super Bowl. That, to me, is probably at the top. He obviously wants to take that a step further at some point as a head coach. But there is also now more evidence to suggest that quarterbacks can succeed with Shanahan no matter how difficult the situation is, If even if the situation surrounding him is not. And I'm curious what you think about this, Sterling. In 2020 the last season, right? Mm. There was injuries, so many season-ending injuries that the 49ers sustained. I understand that they only went 6 and 10, but if you watched that team and you saw the players that were on the field, <laughs> 6 wins might be looked at as incredible. And now off of last year with what he did with that team, and Jimmy Garoppolo who was dealing with an injury down the stretch with being able to sort of rework what was a you know a team headed for despair and then this season dealing with now three quarterbacks in and out i know Kyle Shanahan has always had that demeanor of look we're just you know things are unpredictable in the NFL and we're a process based organization and we're going to continue to move forward no matter who we can slide guys in i'm starting to buy that as much as I'm also starting to buy Brock Purdy.
5: I almost feel bad for Kyle Shanahan because every or the two times he has thought he found the guy, whether it's Jimmy Garoppolo or Trey Lance, he's had to rely on second and third string quarterbacks to then potentially come through for him. Whether it's Jimmy G, then Mullins, then Bethard, or it's Trey Lance, then Jimmy G, (laughs) then Brock Purdy... I just feel like he has had to maneuver and change the game plan and change the scheme and maneuver or or scheme and game plan for so many different quarterbacks at the most inopportune times in his tenure in San Francisco that enough can't be said for how like he like to be able to plug and play any quarterback and get and find some sort of success from Nick Mullins who what is he is he even playing in the, in the NFL now? I don't think so.
4: That's a great question.
5: Like, better gotta Google it. Bethard's backing up Lawrence in Jacksonville. It's not like he's taking a bunch of players that are, you know, solid backup quarterbacks and finding gold in them. He's finding undrafted guys, Mr. Irrelevance, and from what Purdy's shown, might be better than what he had before. Like, this fan base, people even on the station here, who I respect, We're saying Nick Mullins is better than Jimmy Garoppolo because of what Kyle Shanahan was game-planning and scheming open for him. And I do think that Kyle Shanahan deserves, like, since, what, week five, week six? Like, this offense might be near the... Like, it's near the top in the NFL. Now, that's a quarterback change in there. But since Jimmy Garoppolo took over week two, this offense has been the best in football. And with Brock Purdy, they remain the best or one of the best in football. Like, enough cannot be said for what Kyle Shanahan has done this year.
4: Yeah, there, there is something to be questioned about the system. Nick Mullins, by the way, with the Minnesota Vikings. Oh, wow, Not sure where in the depth chart he Skull! is. Skull! Who took an L today. A tough one of the Detroit Lions, 34-23. That is important to the 49ers. Biden kneecaps. That puts them within a game of the Vikings for the two-seed, which, look, the one, probably out of reach, the way that the Eagles are rolling. But to be able to potentially capture the two-seed, would, I'm sure, help Brock Purdy in the playoffs depending on how many home games you can give this kid. And look what he's done so far in two home games. Um, 888-957-9570. That's also the number for the Xfinity mobile text line. Evan Giddings and Sterling Bennett taking you up until 8 o'clock. we got another 45 minutes. Would love to hear from you. And uh, a couple of texters that are, are chiming in. We really appreciate it. From um, the 510, if this is what Purdy looks like going forward, we can actually compete with the teams in the AFC well, you competed with one last week and beat him in the Miami Dolphins. One of the best, too. From the 415, gentlemen, Brock Purdy has found money right now. That's from Berkeley Pete. We appreciate you. 707. Um, if the Brock thing is real, you know, what do you do about the quarterback position next season? I think there's going to be a lot of that conversation this week. Oh yeah. Probably unfairly. But I do think also in going back to Shanahan, that is why a lot of the the Trey Lance fans stands mm-hmm. others are maybe left a little confused right now because right. Brock Purdy was supposed to be your QB3.
5: Mm-hmm.
4: He's a rookie quarterback. Generally supposed to be getting the playbook together, acclimating more so as a professional than as a player. And yet, he steps into a game last week, throws it 37 times. This week, there's appears to be already a great grasp of the playbook that has even opened up for Kyle Shanahan and Brock Purdy. I think there are a lot of people that are wondering, huh, well, if you did that with Brock Purdy, why couldn't you do that with Trey Lance? Well, Shanahan did
5: say that the, the, the change from Lance to Garoppolo was a big difference, and vice versa. Yeah. And he also said that the, the it change— It looked like it. Yeah. The offense looked different. There was maybe more shots downfield. There was read options. There was quarterback draws. It was a different style of offense. But going from Garoppolo to Purdy, while they do have their differences, that being maybe quarterback play style, the offense is very similar. So what Brock Purdy is doing on the scout team, what he's doing with the playbook, and what Kyle Shanahan and the plays he's calling aren't really vastly different. It's okay, essentially run the Garoppolo game plan, but put your own spin on it. And for Trey, it was, we're going to try to design new plays for him. And I think that's where many fans find frustration because, and I'll say it, I think Brock Purdy in seven quarters has looked more poised than Trey Lance has in his time on the field. That's not a knock on Trey. He's a younger player, less experience. With time, that will come. But for Purdy to step in, he does have the experience. The game plan that Shanahan was calling for the past, what, 12 weeks, 13 weeks, already fit him as a quarterback, whereas for Trey... They were designing new plays. There was this, let's like, on the plane ride back from his pro day at North Dakota State, Shanahan was making new plays for him. He doesn't have to do that for Brock Purdy coming from Jimmy Garoppolo.
4: I think, and look, I don't want to spend this time talking about what Trey Lance is or isn't, but I think you're right. The overall point is Brock Purdy, in the immediate, was more ready to step in and produce than Trey Lance. That's just how it's looked so far, unfortunately, because Trey Lance got hurt. I also do think that if Trey Lance hadn't got hurt, he's still probably the starting quarterback at this point. (laughs) You hope so. You hope so, especially with, and this is also a big part of it too, the 49ers offense with Christian McCaffrey with number 23. I know that Debo Samuel is going to be sorely missed over the next few weeks in which he is out, again, quote-unquote, most likely with a high ankle sprain that he went down with in the second quarter. But Christian McCaffrey has elevated this 49ers offense into a realm we did not know possible because of the dynamic ability of him to be able to not only run it 11 times for almost 120 yards with a score, but also go out wide (laughs) and take a DB on a go route, catch a fade, keep your feet in bounds, and be able to do all of it without us saying, well, that's out of the ordinary. Because Christian McCaffrey is a superstar. Now, Trey Lance didn't have that superstar, but the 49ers and Kyle Shanahan, to me, have drawn the strengths out of Brock Purdy, and they have extracted the best out of Christian McCaffrey. That is, to me, at the core of the reason why the offense looks as good as it does.
5: Well, that's what Kyle Shanahan's done with everybody, whether it's... Marquise Goodwin, who had his best year of his career here in 2017, whether it's, again, any quarterback you put in this system outside of Brian Hoyer, they've looked the best in their entire career. Running backs, we've seen what seems like a billion running backs play in this system. He always seems to get the best out of them. Like, I don't think any other play caller in football can get out of Debo what he got last year. I just don't think that... Mike McDaniel. Well, that, that's fair. You got me.
4: <laughs> you got me. Got me. <laughs> Sorry, that's
5: fair. But again, I do think that Shanahan has this innate ability to go. Okay, we have this player. Might not be the best physically, but how can we utilize the one thing they do so well? Now, when you have someone like McCaffrey and Debo who can do many things well, that changes the game. But for Jimmy Garoppolo, who we talked about plenty of times over the past six years here, over the middle, intermediate stuff, he's maximized that to the, the fullest potential. And we've seen that this year. In the fact that when CMC got here, the offense was, you know, eighth to number two, number one. Having the extra weapon that McCaffrey, like, I always go back to last year, do you know who was catching passes in the NFC championship game for us? It's Michael Hasty. I mean, come on. It's uh, come on. It's not even comparable. This guy is <laughs> the third, second running back in Jacksonville who no no offense to him. Yeah. But you there's go, a reason he's not on the team. You go anymore. from H- Hasty to McCaffrey, that's like a third stringer to a superstar. Like, that's the difference here. That they have someone that can do anything and everything Kyle Shanahan needs the offense to do. And he can be your wideout, your slot guy, your running back. He can even play quarterback sometimes.
4: He can. Look, he's got as many 20 plus yard. Air Yard, touchdown passes that Jimmy Garoppolo does this year. Brock Purdy, by the way, has two after today. Uh, I do want to go to Amal in Union City. He wants to talk about the Niners' big win today over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. 35-7, the final score. What's up, Amal? You're on with Evan Giddings and Sterling Bennett here on Double Overtime on 95-7 The Game.
8: Hey, boys. Good evening. Thank you, first of all, for taking my call. I appreciate it. Long-time listener, long-time caller. I don't even listen to music anymore. 95-7 is the only thing that goes out of my car in the morning, commute, whatever it is. So, thank you for taking my call. I appreciate it. My appreciate man. it.
5: Yeah.
8: Uh, a couple, couple things I want to say is I agree with you guys on a few things, but I disagree, and I'll tell you why. I had a chance to go to a training camp game with my son earlier this year, uh, the one where Ayuk and Warner fought. And Trey Lance, then and there, I saw a whole bunch of underthrows and a whole bunch of overthrows. So going into the season, I had a different perspective on him, Well, I knew he wasn't the guy. Garoppolo came in. He was making the, the plays, right, just the check down to McCaffrey. The thing about Purdy is I went back and watched probably four different angles of last week's Dolphins game. He goes through his progressions way better than anybody, and nobody talks about that, right? He looks one, two, three, and then checks down to McCaffrey. So that's one thing I like about him. Another thing is, Bosa and a couple of the guys were joking that in the huddle, he'll yell at them and say, get your shit together, basically, because they're sitting there not calling up quick enough. He's already taking command of this.
4: Sorry, appreciate that, Amal. Uh, Saying dirty words. That is a (laughs) no-no. Appreciate you being on the ones and twos there, Jake. Uh yes no that that's understandable Amal we got gotcha. you um and, and that's like to his point about Trey I, I think that's maybe why there was some hesitancy from a lot of people is because I, of I saw it firsthand the yeah we we were both there and I know Amal was there too preseason practice training camp all of it uh, unfortunately there there wasn't enough to you know believe in Trey so far from what we've seen from Brock Purdy in games there seems to be a growing amount of evidence to believe in him, and that is what people are attaching themselves to as opposed to maybe what they did or didn't see from other quarterbacks.
5: And I think that's a testament to Purdy because I always think of that Texans game last year, right? You have to win the game. You lose. Your playoff hopes are kind of gone, really. And Trey Lance came in that first half, wasn't pretty. But he got that first touchdown, and Kyle Juszczyk said that after that touchdown, Trey Lance to himself said, I got this, I'm ready. And at that moment, Kyle Juszczyk bought in to where, okay, now I can see the full potential of Trey Lance, or I can see that there is something special here where he's now believing in himself. And with Brock Purdy, the difference is is that it didn't take that touchdown pass. It didn't take, you know, a must-win game, although beating the Dolphins goes a long way to your playoff hopes. It didn't take a full drive or a deep throw to Debo Samuel or Ayuk for a touchdown. It took maybe a few plays, and I could arguably say instantly Brock Purdy looked the part. And instantly fans began to buy into what he had to offer. And I do think Trey would have got there eventually. And for unfortunately for us and for him, he's never gotten to show that just yet. But the fact that you can instantly tell that from the moment Brock Purdy took the huddle, while there was a, oh my goodness, what's, what's happening to Jimmy? What's going to happen here? Seventh round pick, Purdy said, that doesn't matter to me. Like, I don't need to be unproven to you. I know I can ball out, and I'm going to show you that. And he did on his, like the first drive of the game, you we were like, okay, this kid's got something. And it's special. Now, that could be an A+, plus, B+, plus, C+, plus. we don't know just yet. Week by week, but when you can instantly get the fan base to buy into you, as a person and as a player, that says something.
4: Well, the way that you do that, first and foremost, is you win. Yeah. And Brock Purdy has won. I mean, look, if he plays well against Seattle next week and and they lose, I I don't think people are going to come for his head. No. And I think with what he's done so far, even if he plays poorly and loses on the road, people also won't come for his head because he's shown enough so far to give people hope. And that's, to me, where, where the conversation is going to head next year on 95-7, the game, is, is how hopeful are you? Like, where do you see this team going? I mean, right now, they're in the driver's seat for the division. To me, the goal after Jimmy Garoppolo got hurt was just to make the playoffs. But are people thinking a playoff victory? All right, they got all the pieces, apparently. A great defense, a number one defense, phenomenal running game, and apparently a quarterback who can hold his own. So we're going to talk about that next coming up on the 95.7 The Game. Evan getting and Sterling Bennett back after this on Double Overtime right here on 95.7 The Game.
3: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget.